Which is more expensive? A lack of experience, knowledge, and skills, or misaligned values? Stay tuned, we'll break it down. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. Well, this week, I'd like to start off by uh, uh, thanking you for enduring last week where I was sick. It did not sound as good as I would like, of course, but I'm all better now, mostly about 97%. So again, thanks for uh, thanks for bearing with me. Hopefully it wasn't too too brutal to listen to. But like I say, the show must go on. That's the way it works. And when you have a, a podcast that comes out every week, you, you, you just have to do it. There's times you just have to do it. So... Anyhow, uh, today we're talking about something that came up a few weeks ago with somebody, I, was, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but it um, I thought it would be a great topic to get into because it's something that we kind of know, <clears throat> I believe we kind of know, but but it's something that we don't keep, in my opinion, top of mind enough. And that is uh, understanding which is more expensive, misaligned values with employees or a lack of experience, knowledge, and skills. So I'm going to tell you about a guy that uh, we hired, or I hired, you know, I don't know, ten years ago, maybe eh, probably eight years ago, and um, he was great technical skill. He had he had twenty plus years in the industry. He he could fix things that other employees we had couldn't. He had a he had a, the ability to uh, even massage situations with clients and customers that were uh, a little tricky and a little dicey. Like he he was a guy we could send in to you know, hey help help a, a lesser experienced person navigate this situation with a customer like not in places where we did anything wrong necessarily just where there was particular uh, details that were made just more tricky so he had great experience with that stuff but it began to feel like he was just a pain a pain with customers overall a pain with coworkers. Uh, he just was he just became known as kind of that guy that that guy that was just um, regularly either disinterested in the things we taught that we thought were critical to our customers and, and maintaining the customer experience and providing that experience we wanted, or he was regularly seeming to be argumentative. And getting Mike on board just it was like just seemed like a nonstop battle. And for a guy who was only employed with us for a few months. It just it just felt like a lot of work, and and um, at the time I didn't really you know listen. At the time we're we're growing rapidly. We needed as many people as we could get. We were not in a situation where we could really be picky, honestly. And we 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 kind of felt that we could. Um, we were in that phase of a business where we were so enamored with what we were doing and so positive that people were just going to love what we're doing. Like people are just going to fall over themselves to support us, become our customers, and come work here. Like. Of course, people are going to love what we're doing. We were kind of in that phase. And I think we all, maybe I go through that more than others, but we, I think we kind of all go through a phase where we have that super 
optimistic, we'll call it, outlook on on how eager people are going to be to work with us, whether it's customers or employees. And then you know we be get we get more cynical over time. But anyhow, we're kind of in that phase where, of course, people are going to love what we're doing because we're different, and of course, people are going to understand that this is what makes us special is providing this great customer experience. And and who wouldn't be on board with that? We we're kind of in that phase. Anyhow, Mike was not on board with that stuff. Mike uh, Mike was not interested in those things. So after just a few months, he left. No, there was no hassle. There's no drama. Um, I think he just kind of came to the conclusion he didn't fit in. Now, like many of you, Mike represents dozens, or maybe even in my case, hundreds of employees I've worked with over the years that just were difficult to work with. And again, he had superior technical skill. Like technically, he was he was sound. He was he was good. You know, it was it's not I'm not exaggerating that. Like he he knew his stuff. And and he's kind of a representation of uh, the reason I hear employers say all the time, I don't like hiring experienced people who have adopted other companies' bad habits. I don't like. Uh, I would rather grow our own people from the ground up. I don't want to. I don't want somebody to bring somebody else's bad habits here. That's a that's a very common phrase I hear people say, and I and I kind of understand that. I and having come from an industry where we didn't have the ability to hire people who had experience, we, you know, we 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 just had to train people from the ground up. There's just not enough people in our industry to go around, so we were not in a situation where hiring was even an option most of the years that I was a business owner in that industry. So. Um, the the thing I would I would say in in most cases though I think it's not really bad habits, I believe it's just misaligned values, and because you know company to company the habits would be things where you know here's how we do this here's how processes and things like that and but I think that um, what we mean when we say I don't like hiring experienced people who've learned somebody else's bad habits is they they've learned that different values are a higher priority than our values. That's kind of how I, I would interpret that. So um, why why is Mike and others like him so hard to work with? Well, they're hard to work with because fundamentally, like forget the details, forget the processes, forget the procedures, forget how we want them to do things. Fundamentally, they just don't agree with what we're trying to do in an overarching way. So we we get hung up on the details and we say, why, why won't you follow this procedure? You We've explained to you, this is how we do things here. Why won't you do it? And the answer is because they don't want to. <laughs> and the reason they don't want to is because their values are different than ours. So we, we just need to, to recognize that this is not uh, about a good or does not make Mike a bad person. He was, he was a nice tough guy. He, he and, and again, other employees I'm looking back on in my career that were just a struggle their values were just different. What made them go was different. What what they prioritized and thought was more important in life was different. And so one of the things we got to figure out is like, how do we avoid hiring these people or much worse, allowing them to negatively influence our culture? This is one of the things I talk about in my book that is really, I think, um, important and not discussed a lot. We are Your company is going to have a culture. Whether you like it or not, it's going to have a culture. Whether you Whether you are proactive about shaping that culture or not. Your company will have a culture. And sometimes the people who are the most influential on shaping the culture are people who you don't even like. <laughs> They're just outspoken. They're loudmouths. They're people who are just negative people who have a loud voice. And, and they can shape a culture more than people who, are, who have values who align with ours and who are just quiet. And and they can shape the culture more than we can as a business owner if they're if they're louder than we are and they're talking about things more frequently than we are. So, anyhow, uh, 
we want to avoid hiring these people who don't have the same values as us. But, but, but once we have people on board, we got to make sure that people who don't have our values are not negatively influencing our culture. I think that's a bigger thing because, you know, people can lie their way through an interview. Once once the honeymoon's over, once they're an employee, we kind of figure out who people are. And and oftentimes that's where we figure out, like, this is just not going to work out. Now, in hindsight, what is plain about what Mike, why Mike didn't work out, again, just different values. We were building a company where we were focused on the needs of the customer first. Mike wanted an environment where the needs of the employee came first. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. I, I, in my book, I talk about this, and I talk about this regularly with people. I, I, the difference between, you know, who's more important, the customer or the employee? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> they both are. They're both number one, honestly. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't have a, a company that's going to succeed where you don't value employees, obviously. But the customer does edge out the employee by a nose because the customer is writing the check. You can build a company where the customer's needs are put first and we shape our processes and procedures and our entire structure to, to be the premier go-to provider in our industry first. And we can help employees reach their own goals by reaching the company goals, which align with giving the customer what they want. That is is kind of how I look at it. And that's how I try to do these things. You could not put the employee first and have an expectation that the customer long-term in, in periods we can over the last few years, we probably could have done this, but long-term where the customer is expected to write that check and also understand that the employee is going to come first. Like that's just not, I don't believe that's sustainable. So this is a great example where Mike believe that was sustainable and believe honestly that that's like, that's how things should go. I have all the experience. I'm the hero of the story. I'm the one coming into the customer situation and solving their problem. This should be about me. Now I can't have customer complaints, but you know, if it, if it comes down to who's more important, the customer or the employee, in my case, it's me as how Mike looked at these things. And I think that was a very key difference. We were very team centric. Now, I wouldn't say one of our core values was teamwork, but we were very team-centric. Mike was all about the individual, especially him standing out, because he did have tremendous skill. He did have tremendous experience. He did have a lot of knowledge. And to him, that meant that that he should be put on an, a pedestal because he had that skill and experience. We were very solution-oriented, and Mike kind of enjoyed being a contrarian. We enjoyed, we felt like we made progress by finding solutions. And putting those solutions in place, we didn't f- f- uh, face the same problem over and over again, whether it was a big problem or a little problem. We really prioritized finding solutions, and we enjoyed putting those things in place, and we enjoyed not having the same issue over and over again. Mike enjoyed the what if. Yeah, but. Well, you know, I, I, I dealt with this five years ago, and it wouldn't have worked in that one instance out of 432 times we've done this. There's one time I can think of where this wouldn't work. So this is not a good solution. Mike enjoyed that stuff. He because it made him the center of attention. And and so that is just not in alignment with what we were trying to do. The entire team enjoyed solutions, and he stood out like a, a sore thumb because he enjoyed being the contrarian. Again, I'm not saying Mike's a bad guy. He wasn't. He just wasn't a good fit. He's a good example how of how misaligned values cost so much more, in my opinion, than the lack of experience. So what do I mean by that? Well, 
compare an employee with low skills versus a guy like Mike. Well, an employee with low skills who has my same values, if they enjoy teamwork, I'm just going to use the ones I, I went over just now. If they, if they uh, enjoyed, a, uh, they understood and believed that while, yes, the, the, the three-legged stool, I, you've heard me talk about before, that what's in it for the employee, what's in it for the customer, what's in it for the company, if any of those things are not are addressed, the stool falls over. But the customer has to come first because that's that's the flow that makes sense. If I have an employee who believes that, and I have an employee who's team centric, meaning we're trying to build a a culture where we we are very unified in how we do things, and we support each other, we make that a priority, and we're solution oriented, and he doesn't understand anything, his skills are way lower than Mike's. I will teach that person something you know, one to seven times, maybe 20 times or whatever. And then they become fluent in that thing and they know it. And I've made an investment of training this skill. And then they go do that. And they want to do it the way I want because we our values are in line. We're, we're, we're aiming for the same thing. The underlying current we're aiming for is the same. The overarching goals are the same. Like the the the, the big things that make us go subconsciously are in alignment. He's wanting to move in the same direction as we are. So teaching him how to do that, may, again, depending on how the complexity of, the, of the, the skill or process we're teaching, you might show a person one time, you might have to show him seven, you might have to show him 20. I don't know. Depends on what it is. But once they get it, they get it. And we're done with that. And we move on to something else. Versus a person like Mike who has all those skills, but just is, is internally fighting back against what we're trying to do in the overarching way. Because his, his values are different. They're, there's an, you, you would have to address that an infinite number of times. There, there, there's, there's no limit to the number of times you'll have to address that. Where with, you know, Sally, the, the new person, I show her four times how to do this thing and she's got it and she wants to do the right thing and it, it, the right thing in accordance with our values. And then boom, she's off to the races and she does that. Versus Mike who understands these things but really doesn't want to do those things. And, and will only do those things when there's severe consequences or severe enough consequences to keep him on track. And that is painful and it's expensive because the, just the wasted hours and time having those conversations, the wasted time having conversations with customers who are disappointed, employees who are disappointed. It's just, it's, there's just no limit to, to the expense of the time invested and the refunds you might have to give and the, and the lost employees and the people that, you know, the coworkers are just like, I can't work with this jackass. Like, I got, I guess if this is what you're going to have here, I got to go. And the, the cost of replacing employees in that situation. So in my opinion, this is something that's really critical for us to be, have top of mind. Like if the values aren't aligned, nothing else matters. I can teach the skills to a person if, if they, if their values are aligned and they will take it from there and they will go, and they will do, want to do the right thing. And again, according to my values, when I'm not looking. Versus a person who does not share my values but has a skill, somebody has to babysit or there has to be consequences in place to keep them on track. And that is just an expensive endeavor. So how do we avoid hiring people with misaligned values? Let's talk about that. In the interview process, if anybody who's gone to my uh, some of the webinars I've done on, on um, hiring and things like that, uh, or uh, I did one a couple years ago on, on uh, how, this kind of thing, it, if, if it's a if it's a career position I'm hiring for, meaning I want this, per this person likely to be in the industry for, you know, 10 years plus, 20 years plus. This is a, where there's certifications and, you know, apprenticeships and things like that, especially 
it's going to take a, a, a several months or even a few years to learn this thing. So they're likely to stick with it for a while. In those circumstances, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time, if any, on their technical skill because they have to learn all that stuff anyway. You know, if they, if, if, if they, if I'm going to hire a carpenter, yeah, it's great if they can read a tape measure, but I'm going to, they're going to learn that stuff anyway. So uh, I don't focus on that. I do focus on your values. Tell me what makes you go. Tell me what, how you assess quote unquote, doing a good job. How do you know you've done a good job? What, what criteria do you use to assess whether a person's good or not? Those are, you know, I'm not asking those specific questions, but those are the kind of things I want to know because I can't teach values. I can't teach them to be a good person. I can't teach them to, to, you know, to, to share my beliefs on those things. Either they do or don't. I can teach them how to read a tape measure. I can teach them how to type. I can teach them how to answer the phone. All these, all these skills we worry about in the interview process, many of them can be taught. If it's something I can teach in two weeks or less, I, I don't even ask about that. I don't care. I can teach it in two weeks or less. I cannot teach them to understand that coming to work on time is important. So these are the kinds of questions I focus on in an interview, especially where it's a career type position. Now, if it's a job position, meaning this person can learn this job in a couple of days, you know, or a week, you know, a, a, a call, you know, receptionist kind of position, front desk kind of position, you know, um, entry level like laborer kind of position, like you know, here's your shovel, here's your time card, like that's that's the extent of the training. Then, then I won't focus on these things as much because. These are entry-level positions, and the entire purpose for me in the entry-level position is it's kind of a vetting process for both of us. Are we, are we, do we share these values, and we're going we're gonna to move on through the career journey, and maybe you'll decide this is going to be more of a career. But if it's a job, it's a job, and we don't worry about that stuff as much because job people are not going to really influence our culture. Career people are, for sure. So, and and maybe your industry doesn't even have a job. Maybe everybody in your industry is a career type position. In that case, then I would spend all my time talking about, or the majority of my time talking about values, and much less time talking about skills that could be taught. So in the in the hiring process, I I uh, regularly hear people spending you know eighty plus percent of time talking about how fast can you type? Have you answered multiple, answered multiple phone lines or? How well can you replace this left-handed flux capacitor? And give me examples where you've done this kind of wiring and whatever it is. And there's little, if any, conversation about values. And I think that's just completely backwards, especially in career-type positions where we expect, we are hoping that they're going to be here for many years or retire here. The values is all that matters. The skills can be taught. And and again, this kind of goes back to why why are we harp, why am I harping on this? Because if you look at the expense of teaching skills, if you if you completely take a person from scratch and teach them everything they need to know to be a journeyman electrician, that costs, let's say, $100,000. Maybe it costs more than that. But let's say it's $100,000. Hiring a person to who has those skills but does not share the values would cost way more than $100,000 over the course of a, of a you know 20 years or whatever. It just, you know, just customer refunds, it would probably cost more than $100,000 or employees who left, it would cost more than $100,000. So um, that's why I, I tend to focus on this stuff way more in the hiring process. So for sure, I there now. So high, you know, avoiding hiring this person is one thing. Now, uh, what are the kinds of questions I would ask? Well, first of all, I have to know my values. And I have to know like the three to five that really matter to me. So before I share my values with this potential candidate, I would, I would ask them like, what are your values? And I would stop talking and see what they say. And if I'm particularly passionate about something, let's just say teamwork, not that I'm saying everybody should have the teamwork as a core value and it wasn't even one of ours, but, um, I mean, it kind of sort of was, but anyhow, it's an example I just used. So let's just say 
Teamwork is really important. I would ask the candidate, tell me what they think about teamwork. And I would stop talking. Now, of course, the answer here is going to be obligatory. Nobody's going to go to a job interview and say, I don't think much about teamwork at all. I think it's kind of stupid. Nobody's, nobody's going to do that. Of course, they're going to say, well, I think teamwork's really important because they, they will sense if you're asking, it matters to you. So of course, in a world where this person wants to have a job, they will tell you that teamwork is really important to them. But then I'll ask the candidate, now that they've likely said how important teamwork is to them, share some examples of how they've furthered the cause of teamwork somewhere. If they can't, maybe they don't really believe that. Or maybe they, they don't really understand what I mean by that. Or they don't, they don't, in any case, they wouldn't get it. So, so once they say, yeah, this is super important. And I think that's all that matters in a company. Okay, well, share, share with me how you further the cause of teamwork somewhere. And there's that awkward silence. Well, I can't really think of an example right now. Okay, well, then if I would have asked Mike that question, he would have struggled for sure. Um, all right. So what do we, what do we do once we've hired somebody and we kind of figure this stuff out that, that, that they don't, that their, their values maybe don't align with ours. I think we got to be proactive. Once we discover we have a mic, we have to be proactive. Again, I cannot let somebody who is, um, the contrarian, especially in this case, be a person who shapes our culture. That would just, that was a deal breaker for me. And again, kind of going back to the what, why, how framework. Do you understand what was one of our core values? Again, just using teamwork. Do you understand teamwork matters to us? The what? What is it? Teamwork. Do you understand teamwork matters? Oh, yeah, yeah. I understand that matters. Why do you think that matters, Mike? Why do you think teamwork matters in our company? Why do you think of all the, of all the core values we could have chosen, why do you think we chose this one? And if Mike doesn't get it, then that's where the problem is. If Mike does get it or he BSs his way through an answer, Mike, how do you think you should be helping the company with this goal of having great teamwork? And again, that that's where the struggle is, and if you can't really think of anything. And then, it, but you might what you would likely hear is Mike saying, "Well, I don't really believe in that stuff anyway." Like it, that's likely where that would go with with a guy like Mike. So, anyhow, uh, that's kind of how I'd approach it. Again, though, I can't be passive about this. With values, we have to be proactive. I think because the expense, not just the expense financially, which I think is tremendous, but the expense emotionally, the expense and and just dragging people down and just the mood if the mood sucks in the company man we got we got big problems because that is that takes years to fix you can fix a financial problem in, in a week a month a day sometimes cultural emotional drags take take a long time we have to we have to put that fire out right away all right more on that in a minute first we take a moment to tell you about some of the questions we've been addressing real time in my new weekly group service business academy so this is a, we had a whole um, slew of questions as phones are not ringing for people as much as they were a couple of years ago. Whole slew of questions came in about marketing. So the questions were things like this. How do you know when it's time to give up on a marketing campaign? How much should we be spending on SEO? How long do you let a campaign go? Hoping it will all work. What can we do to our campaign to get more qualified leads? What are realistic expectations to have from our SEO slash marketing company? Again, these are the kinds of things that we talk about in, in, the, in the group. There's only two ways to learn about the things you're going to learn about running a business. One is through mentorship, somebody showing you, and one is through mistakes, trial and error. That is it. We either go through trial and error or we learn from somebody else. That is it. Those are the only two ways. So you're not doing yourselves any favor by learning your lesson in business the hard way. Save all the time, money, energy, and aggravation that comes from learning how to solve problems through trial and error. Get valuable insights and guidance from people, including me and other business owners just like you, who have been right where you are facing exactly what you're facing today. Membership costs less than what you think. I promise it's it's a couple hundred bucks a month. Price will almost certainly not be an issue. Uh, plus, you get free access to my entire uh, video library of courses and Zoom call recordings. 
There's zero risk to try it out. Come check out a meeting for free. If you don't like it, you don't like it. It's not for you. It's not for you. But you can come check out the first one for free. See if you like it. To give it a shot, no charge, uh, just send a quick introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject line. I say simple introduction. I just mean, you know, what's your name, company, industry, how many employees, how long you've been in business, stuff like that. Something super quick. Again, hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject line. Give it a shot, no charge. All right. So in all things, we I, I have to, I believe we have to keep mindful that we have to prioritize our values over our knowledge, skill, and experience, or, or, or our employees' knowledge, skill, and experience. Yes, we want them to be knowledgeable. Yes, we want them to have skills. Yes, we want them to gain experience. All that stuff. Yes, 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 yes. It's all really important. And values are more important than that. If your values are not aligned with your employees, literally nothing else will matter. You will spend your entire life as a business owner will be fighting the value battle. Versus skills you teach a couple times and they go away. We we learn it, we move on. So we need to hire. Uh, we need to avoid this in hiring. We need to, we need to put effort, real intentional effort, into identifying if our values are not aligned when we hire people. We got once we have hired people, we have to identify as soon as possible if the values are not aligned. Like we we have to we have to be mindful that this is a thing and it's not always a skill thing. It's not always they don't know how to do something. Sometimes they just flat don't want to do it because it doesn't align with their values. As soon as I know that, I got to be proactive. And I got to solve that problem. All right. Don't forget to try my new group, Service Business Academy, uh, providing immediate problem solving. Check it out. No charge. Just send a quick indirect email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject line. Don't forget, send, uh, click on that subscribe button or that follow button. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry. Uh, you never know where somebody might get the help they need from just a simple 20-minute podcast where somebody hears something like, ah, that's the piece I've been missing. Share this with a friend or uh, colleague. Don't let, don't let, uh, don't make him str- keep struggling. Give us a rating review. That's how you grow podcasts is uh, rating reviews, all that good stuff. So uh, that is it for this week. And I will see you all next week.